Thank you very much for giving me this honor of speaking on Krishna Janmashtami. It's been a couple years, so this will be a delight, I hope. At least it will for me. Mukam Karoti Vachalam. This is truly appropriate this evening. Mukam Karoti Vachalam. A dumb man sometimes can speak elegant words. When he has a blessing, my blessing to speak elegance tonight would be your attentive hearing. This is our process of Krishna consciousness. It's a loving exchange. And when we exchange love from one devotee to another, there are six primary ways that this exchange takes place. And one of them is confidential inquiry, and the converse of that is is to discuss things confidentially. And we know from Bhagavad Gita what is the most confidential. So we may think when inquiring confidentially and taking inquiries in confidence, we may think, well, this means some secret thing. And it obviously does. It means a secret thing in relationship with transcendental knowledge. This is a great secret. And there's the secret, the more secret, and the most secret, as Krishna revealed in Bhagavad Gita. This evening, we're going to try to enter into a very secret understanding of Krishna's advent, why he comes here. What is his purpose? Who better to tell why he comes here and what his purpose is than himself? So in the fourth chapter of Bhagavad Gita, he gives some indication. In the sixth verse he says, Although I am unborn, and my transcendental body never deteriorates, and although I am the Lord of all living entities, I still appear in every, every millennium in my original transcendental form. So we know Krishna has many forms. He manifests according to the desires of his devotees. But he mentions in this verse some significant thing. In every millennium, and here a millennium refers to one day of Brahma. So in every millennium Krishna is appearing, he's saying here, in my original transcendental form. The source of all other forms. Krishna is coming as himself in his topmost position. Krishnastu Bhagavan Swayam. So he goes on in the fourth chapter. Yadahida hi dharmasya, glanir bhavati bharata, abhutanam dharmasya, tadatmanam srijamyaham. Whenever and wherever there's a decline in religious practice, O descendant of Bart, and a predominant, a predominant rise of irreligion, at that time I descend myself. Our discussion this evening is going to take off from the next verse, verse 8. To deliver the pious and to annihilate the miscreants as well as to reestablish the principles of religion. I myself appear millennium after millennium.
We're going to focus this evening on one aspect. I know generally during Krishna Janmas, we we talk about Krishna's appearance, how he was uh, born in the prison house, transferred to Braj. But uh, this evening I'm going to take a little different approach. And we're going to focus on one of the main reasons for Krishna's appearance, as he states here in this verse. Paritranaya sadhunam. Prabhupada gives the translation, Paritranaya, for the deliverance. So when we think of deliverance, there has to be something we're delivered from. Generally, deliverance not only implies that we're delivered from something, but it also applies that there is a reason for the deliverance. And the reason for Krishna's deliverance of his sadhus, sadhunam, of his devotees, is for their protection. So tonight we are going to concentrate on Krishna's protection and how that comes about, what it entails, what, uh, what is the significance of his advent in relationship to this protection. Now we've all heard time and again that Krishna doesn't really need to come here in order to deal with the miscreants. He has a very perfect arrangement in this material world for dealing with miscreants, even with he, when he is not manifest. Just like recently, let's look over the last 12 months, my Lord, Krishna. <laughs> I haven't seen this much natural disturbance in my lifetime. Event after event, from forest fires to floods, it seems like every time you go to the web and look at the news, some area of this planet is being just devastated by Krishna's material energy. People are dying. People are starving. There's all kinds of upheaval. Humanitarian effort can't even keep up with it. So for this dealing with the miscreants, material nature has, has this covered. So therefore, Krishna says here, first, to protect the devotees, to deliver the devotees, and then to deal with the miscreants. But the primary purpose protection of his devotees. So this class is going to focus on an infinitesimal particle of the ecstatic love between the Lord and his devotees, known as his protection. Now we're going to look at this in a little different way. We're going to look at it as it pertains to love. Prabhupada gave us Srila Rupa Goswami's Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu and in his English rendering Nectar of Devotion he said this Nectar of Devotion is our handbook and we're reading Nectar of Devotion now 
And I've been meditating on this. This is our handbook of Krishna consciousness. And generally we, we don't go beyond use of the handbook in our practice of devotional life beyond the eastern shore. Now beyond that shore, Srila Rupa Goswami gets into developing our ecstatic sentiment for the Supreme Lord in great detail. Now for some reason we don't Look at it as a handbook, as a necessity in our devotional practice. As much as, at least I don't. So I'll speak for myself. Hopefully you all do. But I like, you know, I, I just have observed in my own practice, this is a handbook of Krishna consciousness. And am I using it as a handbook in order to develop my love for Krishna? Am I taking all of this and to heart as to how to nurture a loving relationship with the Supreme Lord. In this handbook for Krishna Consciousness, Srila Rupa Goswami breaks down bhava. I'm going to deal with the first aspect of bhava that Srila Rupa Goswami gives us in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Bye bhava. We're not going to go deeper than that, although there is, we could be here and we should be here and we should be studying this handbook together day in and day out until we actually start feeling an ecstatic, loving relationship with Krishna. But let's look at just this aspect. Vaibhava. Vaibhava, Prabhupada says, is a cause of ecstasy. A cause of ecstasy. Two aspects to this by Baba. And the basic aspect is referred to technically as the Visaya and the Ashraya. The Visaya and the Ashraya. Generally speaking, Krishna is the Visaya. And the devotee is the ashraya. Also, so we have two components here. If there's going to be love, there's going to have to be two entities. So, one entity is Krishna, and one entity is Krishna's devotee. Now, also in this bivah, there is an impetus to love. I mean, we can have two personalities. We can have God and we can have His devotee, but there has to be something that gives us impetus to love. Generally, the impetus to love Krishna is brought on by one of Krishna's 64 transcendental qualities. One of those qualities excites the devotee to love Krishna. We're going to focus on one of those qualities. Number 37 in the list 
37. The protector of surrendered souls. Let's focus on Krishna's part in this exchange. Two living entities, Krishna and his devotee. What's Krishna's part in this exchange? It's called Visaya. And it's a it's his loving potency expressed by giving protection to his devotees. Well, when we talk about protection and deliverance, the first question would be, from whom? Who's Krishna delivering us from? And for what reason is he delivering us? Well, you would say he's delivering us from enemies, right? Generally, to be delivered, you need to be delivered from some fearful antagonist. Well, one of the, one of the great Mahajans, 12 great Mahajans, is Pallad Maharaj. And in explaining, in, in discoursing with his father, Hiranyakasipu, who was wondering, and he was inquiring from Prahlad, where is my enemy? Where is he? I can see I've done everything I can to kill you, and you're still protected, but I can't see the source of your protection. Where is your protection? We know the outcome of that. But, Prahlad relays transcendental knowledge to Hiranyakasipu in a wonderful verse, which I'm going to share with you. It's from the seventh canto, eighth chapter, text nine. Prahlad Maharaj continued. He's continuing to talk to Hiranyakasipu about enemies and friends and where his enemy is. My dear father, Please give up your demoniac mentality. Do not discriminate in your heart between enemies and friends. Make your mind equal pose towards everyone. Are you ready? Listen to this. Except for the uncontrolled and misguided mind, there is no enemy within this world. Except for the uncontrolled and misguided mind, there is no enemy within this world. Mm. When one sees everyone on the platform of equality, one then comes to the position of worshipping the Lord perfectly. No enemy. Wow. And just to think... All the demagogues thought Hiranyakasipu was their enemy. And here comes Pallad Maharaj. What was he at the time? Five years old? And he's saying, even the demigods, they're in a bit of illusion too. They're thinking you're their enemy. But in this world, except for your uncontrolled mind, there is no enemy. You know what that means? Have you ever heard this saying? We are our own worst enemy. 
death. We are our own worst enemy. Let's move on. To understand this is the preliminary condition for entering into the kingdom of devotional service. Prabhupada wrote an extensive purport, but this is the essence of that purport. To understand this, that our mind is our worst enemy, is the preliminary condition for entering into the kingdom of devotional service. Krishna, for the pleasure of his devotees, he advents, he comes. Of course, in his eternal abode, he's there all the time. What we're going to do now is we're going to dive into an understanding of Krishna's pastimes for the pleasure of his devotees. One aspect of the pastimes, of course, they're unlimited. But they're generally, they're generally seen at it as in two separate manifestations. One is the manifestation which is eternal, nitya, daily. Maybe you've heard this term, astakaliyalila. Every day Krishna has the same loving affairs with the gopis. We're not going to talk about that. Srila Bhaktivedanta Thakur says in the uh, Sri Chaitanya Sikhsamrita, one must be qualified to hear Astakaliyalila daily of daily pastimes of Radha and Krishna. But occasional earthly pastimes have a symbolic significance for aspiring devotees. When he comes to this plane and manifests his pastimes for our benefit, the aspiring devotee, by hearing these pastimes, we can destroy our own sinful activities. By hearing these pastimes. So they have a symbolic significance. And by hearing them, the occasional pastimes, okay, his earthly pastimes, by hearing these pastimes, these pastimes specifically are there to purify our being, to purify us so that we can rise up to those eternal pastimes. Srila Bhakti Vinod Thakur in Sri Shaitanya Sikh Samrita, he gives us some very interesting information regarding the symbolic significance of Krishna's destroying of demons in his Vraja pastimes here on earth. And we're going to touch upon these. We're going to touch upon them keeping in mind what? Keeping in mind what Prahlad Maharaj said to Hiranyakasipu. The enemies are here. There's no enemy outside of here. I have to deal with these enemies. If I can deal with these enemies, then I can become purified. There's no outside source. Remember what Haranyakasipu had done to his son? 
And could any of that on the material plane affect him in any way? Trampled by elephants, thrown from the top of a mountain, thrown into a pit of snakes, fed poison, on and on. Nothing affected him. For the devotee, nothing on the material plane can affect him. You believe me? Nothing on this material plane can affect us. Once we've taken shelter through the bona fide spiritual master of Krishna, he promises to protect us. He promises. That is his oath. He's given, I will protect you. And I will also protect your spiritual life, because that's the only life we have. This life is simply illusory. And whatever your spiritual life is, wherever you are, that will never be taken away. Even if there is some temporary disturbance. So let's look at some of these demons in ourselves and the specific pastimes that Krishna enacted in order to give us protection. Well, the first one, a fake guru. What's a fake guru? Well, a fake guru is somebody that wants to give us Moksha, liberation, or uh, what's the other one? Bhukti and Mukti. Sense gratification or liberation. It's important here. I want to point something out here. This does not refer to immature Kanista Adhikaris that put themselves forward as qualified to accept disciples and subsequently have difficulties with material nature and fall down. Do you understand what I'm saying? This movement went through some difficulties after Prabhupada's disappearance. Those Vaishnavs, for all intents and purposes, from what I can see, were sincere Vaishnavs. Kanista Adhikaris, immature, had material hang-ups, got them in trouble, got their disciples in trouble. Yes, no one would deny it. This is not a fake guru. These are still Vaishnavs, they still do all respect. Are there any questions on this point? Now, this brings us to a very important matter I wanted to discuss in this regard. There is great responsibility on the part of both the guru and the disciple. Now when you have someone of the caliber of a Mahabhagavad, he is so extremely spiritually powerful that the normal course of engagement between the prospective disciple and the spiritual master does not necessarily apply. Under normal circumstance, when we're looking for a spiritual master, we take time, we inquire sincerely, we make sure that who we are going to accept as a spiritual guide has qualification. And similarly, he is checking us out and seeing that we have qualification. No governing body 
can replace this system. I guarantee it. If you rely on that, you will in all likelihood suffer spiritually. For all aspiring devotees, take the time to seriously seek out a bona fide spiritual master who inspires you. Do not depend on some ecclesiastic institution to make the decision for you. Putana, fake guru, trying to give you bhukti and mukti, sense gratification, liberation. Sakatasura, the cart demon, bad habits and philosophy. We don't have time to, to, to really get into each of these tonight, unless you want to come back after Prashad and we can stay here till the morning. I know it's been a long day. So I'll come back and we'll discuss these things whenever you want. The twin Arjuna trees, arrogance. Arrogance. Arrogance because of wealth. How did they get there? They were so puffed up with their wealth and their position, the heavenly planets. So puffed up. <laughs> they were living like kings. Intoxication. Women, nudity, sex life, fun and games. Where did it lead them? Well, it led them into a situation. The situation, the saint came by and they were like so intoxicated and so prideful of their position that they didn't show him proper respect. And, and not that the devotee takes it takes any offense personally, but their devotees are always looking out for our well-being. So some special curse was there by Narada Muni, and they were they had to take birth as between Arjuna trees trees in, in the courtyard of Nanda Maharaj. Arrogance and intoxication. Vatasura. Bad association. Bakasura. False dealings, Agasura, hatred and malice, Brahma Mohana Leela, when Brahma stole the cowherd boys and the calves, skepticism due to passive jnana and karma, and overattachment to Ashvarya, Krishna's majestic aspect, the Nakasura. Now this particular demon was not killed by it. He represents gross intellect, ignorance of Sudha Jnana, Bhakti Tattva, and Swarup Jnana, completely contrary to spiritual knowledge. We'll talk about those demons Balaram dealt with if we have time. Kaliya pride, deceit, Harm to others. Devagni Vinasa Leela, the fire. After dealing with Kaliya that evening, they didn't want to, they, it was late, they didn't want to go back to, to their homes. So they stayed out, just camped out in the, in the woods that evening. And there was a forest fire. This one I'm going to dwell on. 
What does this forest fire resent, represent? Useless conflict, pointless argument, malicious disagreement with other Vaishnav Sampradayas and Moss, disrespect of Devatas, and angry fighting against another's opinion. Now, none of you go on the web, right? You protect yourself from this. Am I correct? Hmm? Good. There is a world of conflict in the Vaishnav community over this, over that, over my guru and your guru and mine's better and yours isn't and my institution's doing the right thing and yours isn't. And it doesn't end. Day in and day out, month in and month out, year in and year out, decade in and decade out, devotees can argue over the same damn thing again and again and again. We can't do that if we want to advance the spiritual life. We better let Krishna kill this demon. Krishna's got to put out this forest fire. Krishna's pretty special though, you know what? He only does what what we ask of him. He's so kind. If you want to go on with your arguments, if you want to go on seeing divisions between this mat and that mat, this sampradaya and that sampradaya, this guru and that guru, if you want to argue about the fall of the jiva, if you want to argue about whether there's the rhythmic concept or the, the, the disciplic succession concept is right or wrong, you can argue. I would like to give you a piece of advice according to the way I see things. There are certain things, certain items in devotional practice where we have to draw a line in the sand. I'll give you an example of one. If you see a Vaishnav sect where the men are dressing up like gopis and dancing in the middle of the night, thinking with Krishna, and imitating Krishna's affairs with the gopis on the mundane platform, that's a line in the sand item. That's worth turning around and walking the other way. Believe me, that'll destroy your spiritual that it won't destroy your spiritual life. Let me back off of that. They still recognize Krishna. Krishna's so very kind. But boy, talk about the bottom of the Kanista level. Very little understanding of true spiritual life. Every possibility of committing offenses to the Guru Parampara by those offenses being set back for millennium in their spiritual progress. Vaishnavs, still Vaishnavs. Vaishnavs. One who recognizes Krishna as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Dangerous association? Absolutely. To be avoided without a doubt. Line in the sand item. There's other items. But overall, Trinatapi suniche na, Tororapi suhisuna, mane na, manode na, kirtaniya sadahari. Do we say it or do we live it? That's our choice. 
Do we say it or do we live it? Do we really feel humble? Do we really offer all respect to others? Or do we simply bow down? Do we offer our heart in homage? Or do we simply put on a show of humility? That's our choice. But there's someone observing. <laughs> He's sitting in everyone's heart. He knows. That's Krishna's position. He's come. He's displayed his earthly pastimes. He's killed these demons which symbolically represent obstacles on the path of devotional practice. Feeling oneself a great devotee. Misuse of intoxicants. External show of pomp and, pl and splendor. I mean, wow. Which one? Varuna is misuse of intoxicants. When he stole Nanda Maharaj. Uh, Aristasura. External show of pomp and splendor. Keshavada Lila, the horse demon, feeling oneself a great devotee. These are our demons. These separate us from Krishna. Krishna's invented himself to take care of these. Visayas Krishna. Now, there's another personality. The devotee. The ashraya. Ashraya means what? Shelter. Yes. What's our, what's our, what's our investment in this loving exchange? Krishna's made his investment. He's invented. He's appeared. He's displayed his earthly pastimes. He has symbolically destroyed demons which are the obstacles in our devotional path. What's our position? What, what, what do we have to invest in this loving exchange? Hmm? Surrender. Yes. Surrender. Where do we learn about the beginning of surrender? At the end of Bhagavad Gita. Abandon all varieties of religion and just surrender unto me. I shall protect you from all sinful reactions. Do not fear. Well, that sounds easy. Surrender. In the purport to this verse, Prabhupada explains what true surrender is. It has six aspects. Six aspects of surrender which the devotee has to take on in order to accomplish the goal of surrender. Just surrender unto me, I will protect you. To get the protection, we have to surrender. How do we surrender? Six items. One, Everything favorable to devotional service, let me take that into my life. Everything not favorable for that practice, let me push that out of my life. And the third item is the topic of this evening's discussion. A devotee must be fully convinced that Krishna will give him all protection. That's an item of surrender. Fourth item, he must accept Krishna as his Lord and Master. 
When we have Lord and Master, we have to take the subordinate position. I am going to go off topic and share with you something I came across in a poor port in regards to servant and master. In a poor port, Prabhupada explains how we can understand this particular thing perfectly. And in giving us this insight into master and service, servant Prabhupada explains his unique position. This is from a purport from the 6th canto, 19th chapter, 5th verse. Sri Shaitanya Mahaprabhu, this is Prabhupada's purport. Sri Shaitanya Mahaprabhu was quite confident enough to spread his name and mission all over the world. But still he depended upon his devotee to do the work. Considering all these points, the most important aspect of the Supreme Lord's self-sufficiency is that he depends on his devotees. Did you catch that? The most important aspect of Krishna being fully independent, he's fully self-sufficient. The most important aspect of that is he places himself completely subordinate to the service of his devotees. Prabhupada goes on in this book for This is called causeless mercy. The devotee who has perceived this cosmic mer- causeless mercy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead by realization can understand master and servant. The fifth item of surrender. I just had to share that with you. I'm sorry. Like you find it interesting. The secret of master and servant is Krishna's self-sufficiency is that he's fully subordinate to the service of his devotees. And if we can understand that, we can understand the secret of that item of surrender. And Prabhupada used himself as an example. Lord Chaitanya was fully competent to spread this Krishna consciousness movement all over the world. I'm out here doing it. I'm giving you these books in English. I'm out setting up these temples. Krishna is allowing me to do this. He can do it himself, but he's allowing me to do this. What love. He's invested me with this power. What love. The fifth item is surrender. Self-surrender. Full surrender. One's activities and desires are not independent. And the sixth item? To remain meek and humble. Six items of surrender. The third item is the focus this evening. Accepting Krishna's protection. Accepting Krishna's protection. How do we do it? How do we do it? We hear that Krishna comes. We hear that Krishna slays the demons. The demons are symbolic of the impediments to our devotional practice. How do we accept his protection? We let him do his job. He wants to protect us. 
We simply have to surrender to his protection. Yes, Krishna, you please protect me. Protect me from the fake gurus. Protect me from all of these impediments. Twenty major obstacles to our devotional life. Krishna will destroy every eighteen of them. There's two he won't. We'll talk about those in another class. The obstacles to our devotional service, Krishna, is there and he is willing to destroy them. And that's why he invented to do this for his devotee. That's his love. What's our point? What's, what does the ashraya do in this loving relationship? We know what Krishna does, what we do. Sarvadharma Parichya. Raja. That's an echo. We won't go there tonight either. Right? <clears throat> this surrender is so very important. And how do we do it? Let Krishna do his job. Let him deal with the demons in your mind, in your heart. Let Krishna come in. Chant. When these things come up, Call on Krishna. Krishna, you killed Putana. You killed Vamasura, Agasura. You killed the cart demon. You protected Nanda Maharaj from Varuna. You did all these things for your devotees. You do this for me too. Protect me. I need your protection. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hari Rama, Hari Rama, Rama Rama, Hari Hari. Protect me. Don't, I'm seeing this devotee is separate. That, I'm seeing this. I'm finding fault. Again and again, whenever I'm trying to advance in spiritual life, these demons keep jumping in my face and impeding my devotional progress. Help me. You came to help me. Now do your duty. I surrender fully to you. You do this for me. I accept you as the supreme personality of Godhead. Please give me pure devotional service. I don't want to be a sham devotee. I want to be a real devotee. I don't want the position. I don't want this. I don't want... I really want... I want to experience love. We're talking here tonight about the first level of ecstatic love. Bivava. Krishna, his devotee, and the excitement of our love for Krishna. One item. There's 64. We're, we've only dealt with one. Protection. I want to close with another thing that Prahlad Maharaj said. <clears throat> this is from the seventh canto also. As you can tell, I'm studying the seventh canto. So, you know, these things just come up. Ninth chapter, sixth verse. As you know, Lord Nisringadev could not be pacified. The demigods were offering their prayers. Certain of the demigods said, I'm not going anywhere near that. 
they just couldn't pacify uh, Lord Nisringadev. So Brahma encouraged Pallad Maharaj, who was fearless. He had already gone through so much, and Krishna had come and protected him. And he was completely fearless, so Brahma said, please, you go, you pacify. So he approached Lord Nisringadev, he offered his obeisance. And this drew out the Lord's love for him. The Lord patted him on the head. And in doing so, removed every last particle of material contamination. Completely situated him on the transcendental platform. And I want to read a verse in that regard. By the touch of Lord Nisringadev's hand, on Pallad Maharaja's head, Pallad was completely freed of all material contaminations and desires, as if he had been thoroughly cleansed. Therefore, he at once became transcendentally situated, and all the symptoms of ecstasy became manifest in his body. Now listen to what happened. His heart filled with love, and his eyes with tears. And thus he was able to completely capture the lotus feet of the Lord within the core of his heart. This is our position. Nitya Siddha Krishna Prema. Nitya Siddha Krishna Prema. We need to love Krishna fully. That is our true position. Nitya Siddha Krishna Prema. Not some people get Nitya Siddha. Every living entity's eternal position is this. Every living entity. Nitya Siddha Krishna Prema. If we can let Krishna protect us, if we can accept his protection, all these obstacles to our devotional life can be completely dissipated. Krishna can fill our heart with love, he can fill our eyes with tears. He can eradic eradicate every last particle of material contamination. And once that's happened, then our lives become completely perfect. And this is the only reason for Krishna's advent, is to make his devotees' lives completely perfect. Thank you very much. Any questions? Yes, sir. Shubhava told me that the single most important thing for me to remember is Krishna saying, as they surrender unto me, I reward them accordingly, so that the onus is 100% on me, my advancement of Krishna consciousness in every way. I'm not trying to put it off on my friends or anything else. It's on me because I'm totally responsible for my surrender. So I just wondered if that was something that, that you stress in your preaching. Or... It's funny. I'd written, I put another thing in my notes for this class in, in, it, in regards to that. I wanted to touch upon it. Uh, because 
you know, we hear so much about advancing in spiritual life, and we, you know, Bhakti Siddhanta said, you know, some devotees, they just go on life after life after life, and it just doesn't, doesn't go, they don't get it, they don't get there. And Lord Chaitanya, in, in instructing uh, Sanatana Goswami in devotional service, he mentions three items uh, that are prerequisite, prerequisite for one coming to pure unalloyed devotional service. Those three items are sincerity, of course. We have to be sincere. We have to be serious. We've got to really want to be a devotee. And there cannot be any falsity in our heart. We can't trick Krishna. Now, in this particular verse that Lord Chaitanya discusses these three items in, uh, is, in an is in the explanation of the Atmarama verse, where Sanatana Goswami had heard that Lord Chaitanya had explained the Atmarama verse, and he wanted to hear that explanation. So, at one point, Lord Chaitanya said this, these three items, these three items must be overcome. We must be serious, we must be sincere, and there must not be any falsity. There has to be pure intent. In explaining one of the words of the Atmarama verse, excuse me, I don't remember which one. Later in that same chapter of Chaitanya Charitamrita, Lord Chaitanya says to Sanatana Goswami, even if someone is not fully sincere, not 100% serious, and has a little bit of ill motive, still, he will advance. All I can say is, wow, this is Lord Chaitanya's mercy. Namo Mahavadanaya. Krishna Prima Padayati. Cosmos. Cosmos. Does that answer your question? Yes. Yes. Sometimes there's, you know, when they have the list of the six items of surrender, the fourth item you were saying is to accept yourself as a servant and Krishna as the master. Sometimes that fourth item is to accept Krishna as your maintainer. So I was just thinking about how this how those two terms can actually be synonymous. So it's actually, because you think, well, if I'm accepting Krishna as my maintainer, it's almost like in some ways he's serving me. You know, you have, but it's really, we really have that total faith that Krishna is taking care of all of our needs and we can completely give ourselves to Krishna as the servant. So, so it's just interesting. That and that's how Prabhupada brought out the yes, point. Thank you. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much.